we're in a series called Jesus by Luke MD, and, and here's what we're doing. It's a still got, we still have a few more weeks to go in this series. What we decided was over, you know, heading into summer, we wanted to do a series about Jesus and, and tell you um, about him and so we can, you know, hear about Jesus and find out about his life. And, and, and so we decided to use the book of Luke out of the Bible to do that. Now, here's some inter- interesting information. I'm really so glad we d- decided to use this one is because Luke, this guy, he was a doctor. He was a physician and, you know, just... Inherently, it seems like doctors, um, you know, they know how to research. They, they look things up. I mean, it's, a, you know, figuring out things to make sure things are correct and accurate. That's important to them, you know, for their jobs. And, well, even, even back this far back, I believe it was true then as well. And this guy, Luke, he was a guy that wasn't a Jewish person. He was what they called a Gentile. He, he wasn't one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. He didn't grow up in church if you could, if we can put it in those terms, it's a little different then, but he didn't grow up like that. So he was an outsider looking in, and he was looking at Jesus, and here's what he did. He decided to write an account or, or do, you know, write some, a history of who Jesus was, what he said, what he did, and he was doing it to turn into, to give to this uh, government official, we think. His name was Theophilus, and, and so he wanted to make sure it was accurate. So what we're doing is we're going to use his research that, he, that is now in our Bible today, and we're going to use that to find out and discover things about Jesus through this series. Um, today, what we're going to, oh, let me, let me say this. If you want to like, be ahead of the game, then this coming week, Luke chapter 8 is what you're going to want to be reading. That'll help you. You will have come in here and have read what we're going to be talking about, so y'all, y'all do that. And we're going to... Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 6. Now to kick this off, I want to, I'm going to tell you something or about something that I did two Tuesdays ago. And um, in case you didn't know, I'm one of the, uh, the chaplains of the Bay City Police Department. Okay, I love it. It's been doing it, this is like year five, right, right around five years. And I just, uh, I can't explain to you how much I, just, I enjoy that, right? Well, um, two Tuesdays ago, May 15th, I'm sorry, May 15th was a Monday. So the Monday, uh, my wife and I were out of town, and we were celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary. Uh, she has put up with me for 24 years. It's uh, very, I got the good end of the deal, and she got me. But, um, so we, we were out, and I got a phone call. And uh, the, the guy on the other line was the sergeant of the criminal investigations division of the, of the PD, and he said, hey, um, what are you doing tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock? And I thought to myself, well, apparently you have a plan. So I said, I don't know, you tell me. And he said, well, we've had a death in, in Bay City, and we have to find out what happened. And so we're going to have to do, have an autopsy done. And he said, you know, would you like to go with the investigator? And I was like, yes. And, and let me tell you the backstory. I've asked uh, you know, what, you know, a while back, I said, hey, guys, I know this happens, and so if, if it comes up and this is what we have, something y'all have to do, I, can I go? Let, you know, will you let me go? With, and they said yes, and so he, and the time came. So I went along, and don't worry, I'm not here to give you any gruesome details or anything like that. That's not, that, that's not what I'm doing. Um, the, the scientific and the forensic stuff, it's always been interesting to me. Uh, it's just... That just interests me, and uh, I, being a chaplain with the police department, I want to 
I want to kind of experience what the officers experience. And that's one of the things that, you know, they end up having to do at some point in their career. And so, I, you know, I will have gone through that as well and, and been a part of something. So it just helps me to relate with them. And so I was all in, and we went. Well, we got into the facility. It was in uh, Texas City. And uh, we got there, and they, the whole process starts. You know, we go into this room, and there's several people in there doing jobs. There's more than one table, more than one uh, person that has passed away is being uh, examined at one time. And um, all, all the folks in there are, are being professional. They're doing their jobs. They're, they're, um, I saw that they, uh, they actually were very respectful to the, the lifeless bodies that were laying on these tables and the people they were examining. Exam, examining. And I saw, I saw three people uh, on those tables that day. And um, I, I mean, I was in the room. We were right there. And so I, was, I actually looked into the face of death. And, uh, and I just, it, of course, it makes you think. You know, just a day or two before, and it happened, there were three guys that I saw, and, it, it, you know, like a day or two before that day, these men were alive. And they, I didn't know them, but I didn't know anything really about their lives, but I'm just, you know, guessing that, well, they, they probably had accomplishments in their life of some sort. I mean, they, they had jobs, uh, at least at one time or another in their lives. I'm sure they had family and friends, uh, but I'm sure they, uh, I'm sure a lot of them probably had a car or a truck or, you know, they had a house and a mortgage and debt and, you know, they, they had the things that normal everyday people have. And I started thinking, you know, all of that stuff, all of the things that they had didn't really matter anymore. I mean, that, none of that stuff made any difference anymore. It was, it, that. What, what kind of car or house or any of that, none, it didn't matter. But what I started thinking did matter, even though these men had passed away, was the people that were, had been in their lives. The people they interacted with on a daily basis or the people they knew, their, their family, of course, the people they loved, their friends that they cared about, maybe coworkers or neighbors or you know, the, the, the person they saw at the grocery store when they checked out, you know, from time to time again, they probably went to the same place like we do all the time. And so I started thinking that, you know, what really matters in life, because I'm looking in the face of death, is people. You know, people are what really matters. And, and, and if people matter, if they're what matters most in life, they're actually the most important things on the face of the earth, then maybe we should actively love them. I mean, this was just, you know, something going through my head as I'm here witnessing this stuff happening. And um, my guess is that you've had moments like this too. Now, you might not have been in the same situation, of course, but um, where you realized that life was more than stuff and accomplishments. I bet you everybody in here has had, if you, and well, if you, even if you haven't, you will have a time in your life, most likely, where you uh, have a close call, where you're like, man, that should have killed me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am lucky to be, I mean, literally, I'm lucky to be alive today. You know, that I barely made, made, that, made it out of that. Or, or you have someone that you know that passed away. Uh, and and, and you, it makes you think about life. It makes you think about um, what's important. You know, if you've, if you've experienced that and you've looked death in the face, you've, you've probably had to think of that. And, and some of you, it made you think something like, ooh, 
I need to call my grandma because I don't know how much longer she's going to be around. Or I need to let my kids know that I love them. I need to make sure that the people that are important to me know that I, that I care about them. It, it be, that becomes something that's important. And, and you think about it. Make, you know, looking at death forces you to think about life, I think. Well, maybe you, you, it's possible that you went through something else like, uh, you know what? I've been really petty with these people, and now, and now I'm, I'm forced to look at life here, and maybe those arguments don't really matter anymore. Now, maybe, maybe I've been a little bit, you know, ridiculous, or maybe they've been ridiculous, but I'm willing to let all that go. I, I would rather just have a relationship and love people. Uh, it's possible that you've been down that road as, as well. And, and loving people and being loved is a big deal, I think. And so, you know, doing, going to and being a part of that, that whole process that I went to, it made me think these things. And, um, and I'm not talking about just loving people that I like. I'm talking about loving people in general, like human beings, just loving people. And um, Jesus, who is much smarter than me, um, you know, was like there when people were created and uh, has a lot better handle and grasp on, on life than I do, well, loving people was a big deal to Jesus, and I want to take a look at that today. Uh, I want to look at some of the things that he said. Now, Jesus, um, in Luke 6 is where we're going, and he just jumps right into, he, at the beginning of this, he's going to talk about loving people that you like in a, here in a minute, but he starts out with people that you don't like, and Let's just talk about it for a little bit here today. Starting in verse 27, this is Jesus talking that Luke wrote, that he recorded for us. He said, to you who are ready for the truth, and I hope that's me and you. I hope that's us today, that we're ready to hear things that are true. I hope it applies to us. I say this, love your enemies. It's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a shot. I mean, you know, we all have enemies. Let's just face it, we do. Uh, and you're probably somebody else's, somebody's enemy, and you'd like for them to love you. That was free. I just made that up as I was talking. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. So, so love your enemies and let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. Last week, if you were here, Ed was talking about prayer, and unfortunately, we didn't get it recorded. It, something happened with the, the system, and so it was like a one-time shot. If you were here, you're lucky. If not, you missed it. Hope, hopefully, maybe, maybe we'll come back to it again. Let's keep going. Here's, a, here's the part I promise I'm going to come back to, and I really, at first glance, do not like this part of the Bible. If someone slaps you in the face... Stand there and take it. You know, that's the, the other, a different version of that is turn the other cheek, which you might have heard before. I promise I'll come back to that. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice a servant life. No more tit for tat stuff. Live generously. Now, I realize we're probably maybe taking a little bit of a turn from where you thought we might be going with this message today, but just stick with me. A lot of us have been faced with tragedy, and, or we've been faced with and looked at death, and, and it often pushes us to consider what's important in our life. And now here Jesus, 
goes a step further uh, than just um, looking at loving people that we care about. All right, he, he's telling us how to kick it up a notch. He, he says, love people, uh, even your enemies. So stick with me. Yeah, yeah stick with me. He, he says, let those folks that are your enemies, people that you know, don't like you so much, let them bring out the best in you. I love this. He, he's telling them, respond with the high road. Let them bring out what's best in you, not what's worst. Take the opportunity to shine, and hopefully, hopefully, it helps this person that doesn't like you, and most likely you don't like them either. All right? Showing them the best of you, hopefully it helps. At the very least, Jesus is saying this is what we should be doing. He goes on and he says, put energy into praying for your enemy instead of getting revenge on them. I'm paraphrasing, but y'all see how that's what he's saying here? Spend some energy praying for them, not, dear God, please kill them. That's not what I mean. Now, please teach them a lesson. They need to know that they're wrong. That is not, I mean, that just, you know, if you've done that for other people, I promise you, you've been on the receiving end of that. And so you don't want, you don't want that. So um, put energy into praying for them. And now I want to get the, the turn your other cheek part that Jesus is, that Luke, you know, thought it was great to put this part in the Bible or write for, you know, this report. Um, I think that this, passage of scripture in particular, this, you know, turn the other cheek. Um, I think it might be a reason why a lot of people, and most specifically, I would say guys in America, especially maybe other places, uh, why they shy away from church and they shy away from being, you know, doing like thinking and wanting to do Christian things and, and follow God. I think this might be one reason why. And, but I, I want to help, help give you the accurate view of this and let you see what this really, what this really is so that, that, it doesn't, that, that you don't fall into that uh, being, I don't, I don't know about that because let, let, let's just, I don't want you to raise your hands, okay? But how many of you in here consider yourself Christians today? And, and a lot of you would probably raise your hand. Well, I want to if we just take this for what we think it means to start with, I want to test it. All right, so on the count of three, I want you to turn to your neighbor and slap the fire out of them, okay? One. <laughs> What's going to happen? What's going to happen if we do that? People are going <laughs> to be throwing down. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, there's, I doubt there'll be very much turning the other cheek going on, Right? So, you know, just, just rationally, um, that, that, just, that doesn't compute to my brain that if, you, if you're a person that loves Jesus, you should be able to stand there and somebody up. Really, if you, if you go back to the, um, the, how this was actually, how it was written and look at the, go deeper into the meanings and do this stuff, because I don't like the way this looks to begin with, so I did all this. What the, uh, maybe even a little bit better translation would be if somebody punches you in the jaw. All right, I mean, we're talking, this is a violent strike. It's not just a little, I mean, it's a boom, all right? So that, that's really what this is referring to. And um, I don't like that idea that I should just let people punch me. That doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't get it. So, so I decided, let me take a look. There has to be some sort of context here that, that explains this to me, because let me just be honest. If you walk up to me and slap me, I probably, you know, I don't know, it's probably on, 
Okay, so let's not, let's not actually try that. Here's what I discovered. And, and, and looking at this and looking at the context of this statement, turn the other cheek. Here's what is, is really the, the whole story to it, and that's this. What he's talking about is when you are loving people and you're loving your enemies even, and you are trying to show them love, even so to tell them how much God cares about them, tell them about that Jesus can help them, that they are trying to share what Jesus has taught to them, and they're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Boom, get away from me. Right, now it makes a little more sense. That's, I mean, even, even that, even though it's rough, it makes a little more sense. If I'm trying to show somebody love and they just smack me because of it, it, it's, it, I shouldn't now beat them up. Well, you know what? Jesus loves you. Boom. You know, that, that doesn't work. But it's a, hey, turn the other cheek. They've hit you. You took a shot because you were trying to love somebody. Well, you know what? You need to still try to show that person some love. You still need to love them. And, and don't, don't take revenge on them for that. All right, so let me let you off the hook. I mean, if somebody just walks up to you in the mall and punches you in the face, let them have it. I mean, <laughs> so you know what? I had enough of you. Throw them down. You know, call the cops. Do something, you know. Um, but so, so this turn the other cheek. I'm not, hey, you might win somebody. You might show somebody God's love by them slapping you and you doing nothing about it. That may work in your life. Not so sure it's going to work in mine, but it might work in your life. And if you need to do that, that's fine. But what I'm, it's not a command here to let people beat you. And that's my real point. So this turn the other cheek is not a command to let somebody walk all over you and make you a doormat. That is not what following Jesus is about. We're not asked to be passive. We're asked to be loving. And it's really so that we can beat evil. Folks, evil lives in this world. Um, it, it's about conquering evil by actively doing good. Nobody in here is called to be a wimp. And, and let, me, let me go a little bit further here. I understand, and I hope you understand too, that sometimes, um, sometimes violence is necessary. And, and I hope that you grasp this. Um, I am extremely thankful that we have uh, law enforcement or we have a military that is willing and they're ready to be violent if necessary. That they're, I mean, we, we had bombings, right? Just this, recently in Manchester, people died because there's evil. Well, it's likely that, you know, violence is necessary to stop that. And... Um, I am so thankful that there are people that are standing ready to be violent because they love their country or because they love people and they're going to protect them. I'm thankful for that. If somebody comes in and you know, they're going to attack your family or attack my family, you better believe there's going to be some violence. And I don't want that. I don't want to see it. I don't ever want it. But because evil exists, yeah, it's going to happen. So, so understand that to be Christian doesn't mean to be a wimp and, and lay down and let people just destroy you. That's not what it's about. But it is about actively loving people and trying to introduce them to God. Um, 
when, when, when this turn the other cheek phrase, it, we see it in the Bible, let me give you one more picture. It, it's a whole lot about ultimately being disrespected. When uh, in, in Iraq, when uh, Saddam Hussein, you know, was killed and all of that stuff happened in that war, and if you remember the video, if you remember watching it on the news, how they took this big statue of Saddam Hussein and they, they pulled it down, you know, the people did. Finally, they're, they're rid of this guy. And um, if you, I, I remember specifically people walking up and they would take off their shoe and they would hit that statue in the face. That, that's an, uh, we don't, really do that here and I mean here I mean but in there and you it would even it would be here too a super uh it's an insult it's a I have nothing to do with you you're it's a bad bad if somebody you know hits you in the face with a shoe it's an ultimate uh rejection and this passage of scripture is like hey when you reach out to people and to love them and they ultimately reject you and then, like the harshest reject, publicly reject you. It's a slap in the face or it's a punch in the jaw. You should still love them. And that, that's, what this is, that, that's what this is about. Now, in Jesus' next statement, he reveals that uh, something that well, what many people know as the golden rule. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this in a little bit of a gear, higher gear, so y'all stick with me. In, I want you to know something first. In every culture... Reciprocity is a normal pattern of behavior. It actually helps hold society together. What, what this is, it's the you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. And some of you might, well, I don't really live that way. Yes, you do, and you might as well admit it. Um, and I'll tell you where it really kind of fits even in, in close-knit in your home and your family. If your husband brings you home some flowers for no reason and some chocolate, um, then you're probably going to be nice to him the rest of the evening. You do something nice for me, I'll do something nice for you. Your child goes outside, mows the yard, takes care of everything, washes and waxes the vehicles, vacuums everything out, uh, and they don't ask for nothing, they, you didn't have to tell them to do it. There's a good chance you as a parent are going to reciprocate and you're going to say, you know what, I'll, you know, let's, let's go to a movie or you can take the car tonight or whatever, right? Am I right or wrong? It's a law of re- it's reciprocity. It works in all societies on the face of the earth. All right, and it's a, and it's a okay. It's okay for that to be accurate. Now, there's that other side to it. You know, if you stab me, I'll stab you. <laughs> you know, if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. All right, I'm not so sure we should do that part. Okay, but that that is alive in society. Well, with that in mind, I want you to listen to this. Jesus talking, we're continuing in, the, in what we were reading. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. That's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? So if you're only nice to people when they're nice to you, you think that's a big deal? No, it's normal pattern of behavior. Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. People that aren't aiming for God are going to be nice to people when people are nice to them. It's just, that's a natural thing. Then he kind of repeats it again. This must be important. If you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Well, I was nice. Yeah, you were only nice because they were nice to you. But he's telling, he's, he's getting to something. Garden variety sinners do that. 
If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? All right, listen. He start, we started out reading where we read that Jesus said, love your enemies. Now, if he's saying love your enemies, you should also love your family. Let me just add that in there. You should also love the people that you care about, too. Sometimes you fight with them more than you do their, your enemies. Uh, we should love people. So he's like the, he says, look, if you're only doing nice things for people that are doing nice things for you, that's not love. He said, that, that, that's, not what I'm, that's not what love is. That's reciprocity. And that's fine. That's a good thing, but it's not, it's not love. He goes on, he says, the stingiest of pawnbrokers, you know, even do that. They even give good things when people, he, let's get to the end. I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. Jesus gives us a better way to live than this reciprocity, which is okay, but we need to go even further than that. And here's how we can kick it up a notch. You don't have to be governed by reciprocity. You can live on a higher level. Whether somebody's nice to you or not, you can love them. Whether they're kind to you or not, you can love them. You can initiate love in their life. We can actually take the lead in initiating love, and we should initiate love to conquer the evil that's fighting us. Now, I still, and I'm going to say it again, our soldiers can love people and still do what has to be done to protect people, and sometimes that means killing people, and I understand that. Um, I think the best soldiers in the world are probably Christian soldiers that are loving people while they're doing their job. That's what I think. Um, But we should initiate love to conquer the evil that's fighting us. Here's how we do this. So if Jesus is smarter than, he, than we are, and he's the one that knows more than we do, and, 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 and if he's telling us some stuff, I want to listen to it. And, and I wanna, I'm going to put this down. And here's how we can actually make this work in our life. Uh, the first thing is this. If you, you can see your little blanks in this, in, inside the handout, write down the people in your life, your friends and not so much, <laughs> okay? Your friends and your enemies. Write them down. Don't do it right now because you're going to have a long list. All right? You got, hopefully you got more friends than enemies, but you all know a lot of people. Write them down. And then do the next thing. The next thing. Ask yourself, do I initiate love towards that person? I mean, do, have I gone out of my way or have I even just specifically and on purpose, intentionally gone, uh, shown love to that person? Your friends and your enemies. And then decide to show them love on purpose for their sake. Because a lot of your answers are going to be no. Have I shown this person, initiated love to this person on purpose? Ah, no. Uh, no. Uh, no. So the next thing is decide to do that. And do it on purpose. And make it a point. Not just the, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but I'm talking beyond that. Show them some care. Show them some love. You're trying to touch them with the love that God has for them. Ultimately, you'd even like your enemies to be part of God's family. Now, this might seem frightening. Some of you are like, yeah, dude, but come on. Really, I mean, I've tried they never loved me back. I did that, and I got punched in the mouth. 
I tried to be nice to somebody, and they just smacked me back. I mean, they didn't, they didn't want to have anything to do with it. They, they, didn't, they didn't change any. Well, there's the turn the other cheek. Try it again. Love people again. It's easy to go through life and stop loving people if you didn't, haven't figured that out yet. I want to tell you, Jesus knew this was coming. He knew you were going to think these things. He knew you are going to be, yeah, but come on. Can, I can't. I don't know if I can do that. And so he has an answer for you. Verse 35, you'll never, I promise, regret it. If you love your enemies, if you love people, you'll not regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us. Generously and graciously, even when you're at, we're at our worst, our Father is kind, you be kind. When we decide to live a life of initiating love, you're going to have two things happen. Or two things will be happening. The first is this. You're going to be living like Jesus said, so it's going to be good. And second, you're going to discover what it means to live even better than you have in the past. If you just begin to love people. You still have to take care of business sometimes. You might have to do some rough things sometimes, but you can always love people while doing it. I'm so glad that that Luke put this in his report about who Jesus was because it, it can definitely change the way you think about life and it can definitely improve your life and pull you closer to God. Y'all stand up with me. Lord, we thank you for every single person that is in here today. And God, I pray that you begin to show us people in our life that, that we need to reach out to and love. Give us the order and, and, and which ones we need to go to first and just, just to show them love. And tell us how to do it. For anybody in here today that's saying, I don't have that. I don't have love to give. Well, God, I pray that you would help them to find out first how much you love them. For that person that's saying, I can't do this, I pray that you draw them close. And that you help them to, to connect with you and be part of your family. And I just pray that you help us to begin to get our lives on track with you today. Show us who to love. Show us how to do it. And God, I pray that you'd lead us every step of the way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.